Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding My Fit at 40. My name is Victor, and guess what, guys? Mike's back! I'm back! Yeah! I'm back. And he's alive! Yay. Barely! Barely! We're excited to see you again. Well, I get to see you. They get to hear you. That's true. And I'm I get excited. to see you also, too, as well. So, successive, I know. Was that a sentence? It was might that? have been. It was? Okay. Yeah, right. We're not going to fact hey. check that. No, that's not. Let's not do that. Welcome back to another episode. Like we said, it's Finding My Fit at 40. Mike has been out gallivanting the world, so we, uh, <laughs> actually not the world, just the country. Right, right. And so I was solo last time that we talked. You did great, I'm sure. But I'm letting you guys out there know that this episode is actually two weeks after that solo one that I did. We took a week off and we're coming back to you. So all the updates of where I'm at is actually two weeks. It's going to seem like one week to you guys because this is going to come out the next week of right. the podcast Some from time the travel. last one. But it was actually two weeks have passed since the last time we talked for us. And it's not that we needed the time apart. It's just how it worked out. It's just how it worked out. Mike actually ran away from me, literally to the other <laughs> side of the country. He ran. Yeah. Actually walked a long way. Too much. Yeah. Too much. So speaking of that, Mike, tell us about your trip. What'd you do? Where'd you go? Yeah, all right. Uh, I cruised on over to Arizona. Um, Told you, other side of the country. Right, right. So that was that was 31 hours of driving over the course of a 48-hour span. That sounds like a lot. Is that a lot? It's a lot. It's a lot. If you're basing it purely off of time, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's How did a you lot. feel at about hour 30? Uh, you know, drives don't generally bother me too much. Um, good audio book or some decent music, and which I recently stumbled across some neurodivergent music because I'm neurodivergent, apparently. And it literally will migrate from like right to left on the speakers. It just scratches that part of my brain that sort of allows me to zone out like crazy. It's fascinating. So that and audiobooks and the, and the miles just sort of eat up. It's, it's trying to add activities once you've driven that far on very little sleep. That, that starts to wreak havoc. So the 31 hours of driving didn't really bother you is what you're saying? No, not really. Not yeah. really. We, we, I stopped in, in Dallas briefly to see my brother and just sort of kind of nap and, and recoup. So I got, you know, about an hour, half of sleep there. And then he got off work. I did lunch with my, my brothers and then got back on the road <clears throat> and finished out the, the last, I want to say it was like 16 or 17 hours of the drive at that point. Um, ended up getting a place to stay in Sedona and beautiful, been there. Beautiful. Absolutely. Yes. Not a great place just to stay for the night. Everything closes early and you don't really get to experience it. And I found out that it was two and a half hours from the Grand Canyon. So I tend to fly by the seat of my pants a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Did not research that well enough. I should have stayed 30 minutes from, from there. So by the time I realized I have two and a half hours drive in the morning and I have to get up at 3 a.m. in order to get there by sunrise. Because that was your ultimate destination. It was. It was. I wanted to hike the Grand Canyon. It was sort of a, on a whim, and I wanted to do all the way down, all the way up in one shot. So rim to river, uh, and then back up. <laughs> a lot of people do rim to rim to rim, and basically I'm, I'm getting paid to work, so that's where the phrase rim job came from. <laughs> and I was going to say, there's a whole lot of... Innuendo in right. the statement. There is. I, innuendo, I don't know what you're talking about. So yeah, I, yeah. I did a rim job uh, at the Grand Canyon, and it was not well planned. <laughs> so I've, I've got this, this thing in me that feels like it's necessary to push the envelope, even when I don't know that I'm pushing the envelope, and it, I just use my own body as an experiment for that. So I, I, I get there. How the experiment go? Good. You know, I barely survived it. There's that. <laughs> There's that part, yeah. yes. Okay. So I have these nice hiking boots that, that were government issue for Inland Sar Ensemble for when I was uh, an active duty rescue swimmer. I'm like, these are nice boots. These will be great. They'd be great in the mountains on like, you know, bad weather and, and for some solid mountaineering, which whatever that looks like. For hiking down the Grand Canyon, not, not so much. So they're stiff boots. They're a little bit tight. I wore too thick of socks. Instead of taking the big backpack I wanted, where I would have had like extra water in it, some more food, um, electrolytes, I'm just like, I think I could pack light. So I pack like a tiny camel back with half a gallon of water. I have, I left my running shoes, which I wanted to bring just in case, you know, footwear got uncomfortable, extra socks and... 
and I'm just carrying a bang and a Gatorade in one hand. So, I, so what you're saying is you guide it up and decided with your male testosterone that we all do because I do stupid stuff like testosterone. That. It is stupid that you decided, hey, I got this. I mean, I know exactly what I should do, but I'm going to do this. Right. I'm just yeah. like, I can do this. And in my head, because I'm a historian, I'm like, people have hiked these things with minimal water, no food, the people blazing trails. Like, yeah. I'm a trailblazer. You know a lot of those guys died, though, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I don't... You I don't, only hear about the ones that survived. You don't hear about the ones that didn't make it. Hey, that's very true. But I haven't banked and or live my life like I'm in the percentage that's going to die, you know? But that's obviously, fair. I almost that's put fair. myself there. Yeah, well, okay. So I... I, I Start cruising. Two and a half hours, I'm, I'm at the bottom. I'm feeling good. A little movement, a little stinging in the heels uh, of my boots. And they were a pain in the butt just going down. And then I cross the river. I drink the bang because, you know, I need caffeine in the thermogenic. A bang? What's a bang? A bang is an energy drink. Oh. It's twice the caffeine of a monster. Uh, it's just, I, I enjoy them. So not only did you not bring a whole lot of water... You drank something that's highly caffeinated, which caffeine is a diuretic. Right, right. Often overstated diuretic, but yeah, I was chugging a lot of caffeine for that. Yeah, that whether it's days. overstated or not. Right, it is, it is a, diuretic. a diuretic. Touche. Uh, <laughs> so I, I cross the Colorado River, cut over to the other side, start my way up, and I'm just like, well, I don't want to hold this Gatorade anymore. So I just drank the small Gatorade. And then I start thinking to myself, I wonder if this could be done without really any water, you know? I wonder if this could be done without really any food. Where at that point were you hallucinating as well? Is that that's, where that that's all a possibility? In? Is that that's why a possibility? You're like, I can do anything. You now. know, the altitude that, change, yeah. hypoxia. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So in my head, I, I after doing a lot of introspection about how I got myself into this, it was it was legitimately less about ego and more about I'm curious about what the body can do. And so by the time I'm suffering from leg cramps, the my feet are numb from tightness of the boot and having rubbed a good amount of skin off, I had assumed, by that point, of my heels. And I'm just slogging up one step at a time. I'm like, all right, it's probably time to chug this water. So I chug the water, and I'm like, oh, just keep moving. One foot in front of the other, keep cruising. And I'm like, I'll stop at the last water stop. Fill up there, chug some, get some more, and move on with my life. I get to the last water stop. It's shut off. That, so that sounds not good. Yeah. So I'm I'm out of water with a good five miles up still to go. Four and a half ish hours. I ended up uh, actually maybe closer to five. About five hours that I'm just basically completely out of water. And how hot was it? It got up to eighty. Um, no, at least it wasn't too crazy. It wasn't, but there's there's no shade. So once dehydration kicks in, your your You're temp just, just continues to go up. I was definitely dehydrated. Ended up knocking on the door of heat exhaustion at some point because I started getting dizzy. Already had the leg cramps. And uh, is there ever a point where you're like, I'm not going to make this? You know what? I there are very few points in my life where I've gotten to the point where I just I I just want to quit. And I got there on this hike. And the the fact is, it's I mean, it took eight hours for the whole thing. And it's a very doable physical thing. People do it all the time. People do rim to rim to rim, which is, you know, like 40 some odd miles in, in a shot. And it's not that I couldn't do it physically. I put myself in the hurt locker with this horrible chain of decisions that I decided to make. So I did. I just, I wanted to quit. But my two options are to get a donkey out of there or to have a helicopter come in and out. And I will drag myself out on my bloody stumps before I ride a donkey. Or have a helicopter come get. So is the donkey thing kind of like Uber? Is it like Uber donkey? Yeah, I don't happens? know how easy it is to order that, but you know, <laughs> you get some cowboy or cowgirl come on down with a chain of donkeys, and I just drape me over one, I guess. Just like saddlebags. I don't know. At that point, you may not have even realized you'd have been just laying like flat on the ground, and they just pick you up. Probably. Scoop you on a just, donkey? I'm yeah. delirious. Take me out of here. Yeah. So I eventually just crawled my way out of there, made it to my truck and couldn't decide if I want to just lay down in the AC of my vehicle or limp my way out to a hotel at that point. But when I took off my boots, I had bled through my socks. I'd oh. lost pretty much all the skin in multiple layers on the back of my, oh. my heels. I've got, you know, a few toenails that are purple. I'm probably going to lose those. Uh -uh. That's a thing. And then I just, you know, never again, ever, ever. So obviously I'm doing it again in October. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> logical sense. I will have better footwear for that more flexible hiking boot with a little room. I will hydrate ahead of time. So overall what the lesson here is that you learned is? 
My lesson that I have learned is that, well, twofold. Oftentimes, it's the people that know the most that do the stupidest shit. And two, the next time I'm going to do something even remotely extreme, I'm going to literally write down everything I would tell somebody else to do, and then I'm going to do that thing. So to backtrack, so if you know the things and you could have helped somebody prep for this trip, what made you decide not to do those things? Seeing what the body can do. That's it. That's, That's my curiosity is pushing that envelope, but... Pushing that envelope, say, with you in regards to a workout or a flatland hike where you're not stuck down the bottom of a canyon or, you know, trying something new that way is is way smarter where you have an out as opposed to I, I put myself in a potentially dangerous scenario by just making those those incorrect decisions. So then what did you find? Is that what you found out then about what the body can do? What was what, what was your yeah, take on I'd, that? I'd say so because, again, a, a lot of people train for these things to do them well. I, I didn't train for that. My... There are very sports-specific things because I, I went hiking down. I started the hike with a real nice guy who I'd met on the, the shuttle with a whole bunch of other people. And the guy is, is a banker who just goes out there and does rim to rim to rim. There's multiple rims. Um, you know, like once a month or something like that. And he just was going to cruise on down and cruise on up. He's wearing shorts and, and running shoes. And everybody's got these hiking poles. I, I couldn't get myself to use those. But, and he wasn't, Built better than me. If if you looked at, at us next to each other, you would have just you know it's an ego thing, but you, you would have thought that I was in better shape than him. But he does this regularly. The body adapts to the stresses we put on it. So there is sports specific training that I did not dig into for this. So I'm not going to win a race down there, but I still should have been capable of going down and coming up and just being tired for the day, essentially. So there there is a real thing to electrolytes and being hydrated and having food in your system and yeah. for, for some of these things. So how far did you actually end up going? Uh, 20, 20 miles is what registered on my watch, Forty, almost 41,000 steps. Um, and again, th- those things are, are a Real little off sometimes yeah. because I, I, I believe I clocked that from the website at like 17 miles. So still it was that that's the most I, I think I've ever done in one shot. Um, yeah. yeah it was most and it was such done. a miserable situation that you're deciding so to do horrible. it again later this Correct. year. Correct. Because yeah. my mother just really wanted to do it. And it's not because you have to do it better and defeat no. the beast. Oh, that no. has nothing to do with no. it. No, I'm over that. <laughs> I'm way over that. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know, but for me, I would feel like, all right, so I failed miserably at doing this comfortably. I want to do this again so that I can prove that I can do this comfortably and it should have been and, no and problem. And that's a different, that's a decent mindset and, and I should. And I'll get the, the post up for what I ended up doing this time and, and you know, that's that's a good mindset. In my head, I'm like, well, I, I, I completed it successfully, not comfortably, so I don't ever need to do this again. I survived. I survived it. But that's a good mindset to go into this next one with is, is yeah, I want to see how comfortably I can actually do that. I feel like mindset is a, 90% of all this stuff. Huge. I was talking about that last week. Uh, I know you weren't here. We only went over a little bit of what I was talking about. But just how tough everything is. And yeah. that kind of leads into what we were talking about last week with you saying that it doesn't matter how prepared you think you physically are. I mean, Mike's a trainer. He does this for a living. He's in phenomenal shape. I get to see that every week. Flatter. I know you guys don't get to see that. <laughs> phenomenal shape. Go to on his Instagram. I the bear. it. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll find him. But or body by the bear, that's it. But so Mike's in great shape. So to have that feeling of I can do this and still not succeed at the level in the way that you thought you were going right. to do it is a re- to me that's a that's a true lesson. I feel like I get out of this experience, and you're, I, and I apologize for laughing at your pain and misery. <laughs> no, by uh, this point I'm laughing at it, so you're good. You're good. But. The reality of it is, no matter how prepared sometimes you think you are, it's stuff is just hard sometimes. It is. It is. It doesn't matter how how prepped sometimes you are, because it may even been hard. You're not used to just exactly what you said. You're not used to those situations. Right. So had you even packed better, you still may have been miserable. Even if you had better shoes than what you had, right. You still may have rubbed <laughs> off a lot of the. I mean, my fingertips are hard as rocks from playing guitar. Yeah. My guitar. My, they're they're I, they're conditioned. When I went through those four months of not being able to sing, I didn't even touch a guitar because I was just upset with the world at the fact that I was losing my voice. <laughs> yeah. But I came back after that and was like, "Oh, let me just pick up and start playing." 
And my fingers hurt so bad. Really? Those calluses go that quick? So quickly. Huh. I mean, any calluses. If yeah. you take a couple, anything like that. I mean, if you just cold turkey, stop conditioning your body, how, right. what shape would you be in in four months? Uh, four months. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Four yeah. months, you'd be fairly deconditioned. Four um, months makes a big difference. Yep. And so I lost yep. basically all the calluses on my fingers, came back and was in pain. So being prepared for the situation that you're in it takes some adjustment. The body always needs to adjust. It does. And again, you can obviously function out, outside of that. You did continue playing. I did manage to crawl my way out of that canyon. <laughs> but there are better ways to get it done. And yes, I, I fully expected to, to have an exhaustive day. I didn't expect to be so uncomfortable because of that lack of, of preparation that I knew needed to happen. And so that that goes into it too. Like the, the more you know sometimes, the stupider shit you do because you're just like, I'm okay. I'm okay. It'll be fine. Maybe it will be fine. But did you have to be that miserable? Yeah. Yeah, because what could have been an awesome trip, like, because what was the rest of your trip like then? Oh, it basically bought stock in Uber Eats and stayed in hotel rooms at that point. Like, it was just, that's it. I, I was limping around by that point. I didn't want to go out and do anything fun. Or was it mentally just I did. But. the damage to your feet or did your muscles not even recover? Because No, muscles weight? recovered pretty quickly. Did they? Um, okay. I was a little sore the day after, but again, that was expected. But yeah. literally the... The, the boots felt rock hard by the time I got out. So I just I beat the shit out of the bottom of my feet, the back of my feet. My, my toes were, were, you know, beat up. Um, so, yeah, I just I was literally limping around on open wounds for that next couple of days and, and kind of still. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's still healing. I'd taken that much week, skin off. Yeah. Right? It's been a yeah. week. Yeah. At this point. So what did you do for all the open wounds? Uh, duoderm is the way to go for that. My mother's got some good experience with, with wound care. So basically when I got to, as a child, you got hurt a lot. Is that why? Okay. Let's not jump to conclusions here. You're not wrong, but she's had her own injuries. <laughs> so by the time, cause I stopped back by my parents' house on the way back here for uh, a day. Cause I hadn't, hadn't seen them in a while. And she had to scrape out the wound to get whatever film was coming on there off. Um, and then, you know, bacitracin up and that duoderm is like a second skin that just completely goes over and expedites the healing process quite a bit. Uh, and I change that out every, every two to three days. So it's, it's healing quickly, but it's still, yeah. And you, you come back for a, a water safety job in flooded marshes as well. I had to literally, the day I got back after that, I had 17 hours on set of a TV series that's being filmed here. And I had to get out and step into, you know, almost knee deep marsh area with just crappy water and with my open wounds i'm like okay well oh yeah 17 hours on the onset that day was yeah at what point did you go numb because i feel like that had to have happened at some point did it happen ah more mentally numb than yeah. <laughs> fair fair all right well mike uh, next time you go on a trip i hope you're a little better prepared yeah, I, I, I will be that i will be yeah yeah next time you want to drive all the way out there let me know i mean i like driving we'll and do going places yeah. man you trade I mean, off that'd be you great can just leave without me again maybe we'll do we can do a podcast on, on the, road, the road right i don't know we can That's go genius. live somewhere i don't know i don't know we'll talk about that <laughs> so anyway let's get into the episode here yeah. um <laughs> I just, that story is, I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> I've heard so many hiking stories and all these things. I've gone hiking a million years ago when yeah. I was like in high school and stuff. But that, yeah. I mean, especially for somebody who is, it, to me, it just, it shines light, like I said, or like the overall thought process here or the overall lesson to be learned for me is, again, like don't get ahead of yourself. Right. Like, I don't care how much in shape I am. Don't get ahead right. of And I'm feeling a lot better. And I'm feeling a lot better because I got my way in today. And I, last time I think we talked, I was at 228, I believe, is the last way in. Um, just checking my paperwork here. Yes, yeah, yeah, sounds right. Then you you dipped down into 227. Yeah, it was 228 the last time that we, uh, that we talked. And two weeks later... I am at 225. Five. Yep. I've lost three pounds in two weeks. Yep. I feel really good. I feel like this last three pounds has made a big difference in how I feel. Yeah. 
I feel like once I hit, I don't know if it's because I had that 20 pound mark in my brain. Cause this is now it's, it's, I'm basically big back one. to where I was before all of that extra weight came that I had. I feel right. like I'm back to that. And I feel actually better than I did before that because I'm actually in better yeah. shape too. You've also, again, you gotta bear in mind, you've, you've built a little bit of muscle. Yeah. You've been burning off fat. So being back on the scale to where you were is very different than being back where you were. Yes. You've done nothing but improve as you've lost that weight through this process. And I'm eating better kind of in yep. general. Yep. Um, I say in general because I still, like this weekend I had family in town and we, again, had a few drinks. I feel like I say that too often on this on this <laughs> podcast and people are going to get the wrong ideas about me, Mike. I, I, I'm hoping they get the right idea because again, like if, if once a week you're, you're having drinks and eating out and, and doing whatever, like that's still not a bad amount. Yeah. Most of the times I, I recommend, you know, if people are real serious about fat loss, not drinking more than one to two times a week, if, if you're going to go past that three to four drink mark. So you enjoy family time on every single episode we get into on here is <laughs> just fine with me. I just love my family and I, I love celebrating yeah, with my family. Absolutely. You know? That's what it is. Um, but we went to brunch yesterday and I got chicken and waffles. Love so chicken and fried waffles. Chi- I love chicken Ugh. and waffles. I don't know what it is. It sounds so ridiculous. When we first moved here, we were like, chicken I, and I hadn't waffles. heard about it before yeah. either. Yeah. I was like, who does that? Right. And now I'm like... Why would I not yeah. do that? It's so amazing. And then you start thinking like, they can't make this better. Yeah. But everywhere you go, like it's somebody's so doing it even better. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Blows my mind. I know. They have, there's a place here that we go, Lox. Have you ever been to that place? I have been to Lox. Oh, I love it. Yep. It's just, and I get it with the eggs on it then too. Yeah, Lox oh, is man, good. So they, yeah, they have that extreme version of it. Yeah, they have yeah. eggs, bacon, chips yes, and whatever. absolutely. And strawberry butter. Have you done the strawberry yes, butter? Yes, I've done the strawberry. Who says no to strawberry butter? Uh, that's fair. So... There's that version, but this one is a spicy version. I have been enjoying that. It's like almost like a that. buffalo chicken yep. thing. Yep, And these two, they're like little, they're, that was my only gripe. My only gripe of the this place that we were at was that the waffles were tiny. Okay. It wasn't enough waffle to chicken ratio for me. Okay. I like a little more waffle than yeah, chicken, I guess. the waffle's the cheapest portion of that meal. How do yeah. you skimp on the carbs? But, yeah, and then that was, the other thing is I had it in my brain already that I was like, I'm going to do the carb. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm just yeah. going to do it. And then I didn't get what I wanted as much of. Right. So, but even when I'm doing those things now, I feel like I'm still making better choices because we also had poutine as an appetizer. Right. And I ate some, not a ton of it. Taste where and before, waste. Before, yep. I would have just dug in and, and there was even some left at the end where I could have eaten that right. if I wanted to because I had enough space in my stomach, if you will. Right. But... I didn't feel the need to. And, and most and of us are programmed to so finish the food in front of you, on your plate, whatever. And and the reality of that is, I mean, sure, is wasting food the best idea in the world? No. No, and but, I struggle with that. We've talked about that yeah, before. Yeah, yeah we have, and, and I get that. But but sacrificing your health just because here in America they're giving you huge portions is not on you. And you're an adult. You pay for your meal. So I, I operate off of taste and waste. Get enough of a taste for that thing to make you feel good about what you're doing. And then you're going to waste the rest, you know, yeah. or take it home if you want. Somebody else will eat it. Maybe feed it to kids or whatever, but. Or I've done where I've split it and then I maybe eat right. some more the next day or something like that. Which is 100% yeah. fine. Yep. Yeah, I've done that too. Or I'll just gorge on that day and then be like, I'm not going to eat Go light on days. the next day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I don't do that. Just kidding. I don't do that. But no, yeah, I'll go lighter on the next day yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and that's or a great method as well. Or lighter on like another meal where I'll have like with dinner, I'll just do chicken breast and spinach. That's Smart. Yep. My whole dinner and it's like And, and I generally calories. would do the same thing too. If I enjoy out one meal, that next meal on the other side of the day is, is going to be light. Especially because I also had a couple glasses of sangria with it. My dude. So, you know. But even the combo, I even, that's what I was saying. I was even like, I had two sangrias with it. I you had say that's the, so sexy. Thanks. <laughs> I practiced my whole life. Um... I can, I don't, I'm not get into it. So, but I had the two, the two glasses of, now, now, I'm, now I'm self-conscious about saying the word sangria. He can't see it, Thanks. but Vic is, he's blushing. He's yeah. blushing. Yeah. So, but I had the two glasses of sangria along with the, the meal and I felt like I just did it. I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm here. We're going to just enjoy yeah. And I'm really trying to have this lifestyle feel to what we're doing good not good. just i'm just i'm in it to lose this weight because i'm worried i have lots of friends around me who have lost lots of weight right they've done it um i have different friends who have done it and gained it back oh yeah 
And I don't want to be that guy. I mm-hmm. want to get there and I want to be able to maintain it. And I like the amount of food that I'm eating right now. The 23 to 2500 calorie mm-hmm. range does not feel like it's... Restrictive. Yes, yeah. like really at all. Yeah. And I don't feel like it's even restrictive. I feel like knowing that number, I'm keeping myself from gorging. Yeah. Which is what I would do before where I would just be like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to eat all this. And I didn't even realize sometimes that I was quote unquote gorging. I just made myself breakfast this morning. I did, and again, I'm measuring everything just because I don't understand yet how right. the numbers of everything. <laughs> so I'm just trying process. to learn all that yeah. stuff. So I do my standard three eggs. Uh, I did, t- typically in the morning, I'll do three eggs in a tortilla or something like that. But I cut the tortilla because I did sausage this morning. Right. And I made like an omelet. And I did mozzarella cheese, sausage, and spinach. Nice. I did three ounces of sausage with it. And it's like five to five fifty, five hundred fifty calories right. for breakfast. And that's a nice range for depending on how many meals you have in a day. If you're doing anywhere between five and seven hundred calories per meal, you know that's a good amount for you to feel satiated, and yeah. you're also going to be right on track for hitting your numbers. Yeah, totally. And so I'm, and also we've talked about those Quest bars a ton. Yeah. Um, I've tried to do see. I've been eating at least one or two Quest bars almost every day. Right. To hit those mark, hit all my markers. And a lot, there's been a couple of days where I'm like, I'm going to go without a, a bar today. Yeah. I'm going to try really hard to hit all my Good. burgers without eating a, a bar. What I've noticed, what I'm missing now that I didn't even realize that that was covering is the sweet sensation right. where right. I didn't think it was doing that because we talked about that before and we you have, said it gives me a little bit of it's, sweet It's fix. a real thing. And I've said, I was like, ah, it doesn't really do that because they, they're not super sweet, but they don't need to be super sweet. They're right. just a little bit of sweet. And that little bit of sweet has been enough to curb to, that. To curb because when that. I yep. try to do it without, I just want to eat, really eat junk. Oh, yeah. And I've gotten the Carb Master Milk, by the way. Nice. What do you think? Huge difference oh in the God. world. Yep. It is. So we talked about <laughs> the expensive. It is expensive. It is. It is. It Comparative is to buying a gallon of milk for pennies it's, on the dollar. It, it's more expensive. So It's about down, that same price, right? It's about that, a dollar more. Than a gallon amount. Oh wow! Yeah, for a half gallon. Mm-hmm. So a half gallon of that is a. It's about a dollar more than a gallon of milk of whole milk. Right. So we still do both. We have both in the house because the kids drink the whole milk. Right. I'm not giving them the Carb Master milk, but I also want the skim milk version of the Carb Master. That's that's what I get too because all the skim milk versions they they put in. I forget what it is. The carrageenan. Something to, to thicken it up just a little bit. Yeah. So it's still enjoyable enough to drink. You get. It, I mean, it was fine. I didn't even for the first one that I bought. It was the only one that's there, so I didn't realize there was another option. Any right. other options? But there's also the two percent. But after I had the skim milk, it tasted fine. Yeah. I, I used it for. I was making those protein shakes mm-hmm. with the. Oh, basically, it's like chocolate milk is what I was well, basically what I'm doing. It was just nice. Like it was like twelve ounces of milk, and uh, but I was using the whole milk. I was do twelve ounces of milk and do the two scoops of protein. Yep. And it was like an end of day if I had a bunch of calories, yeah, that's, but I that's still wanted to hit a bunch of protein. Too, yeah. yeah, it like see, it was a little sweet because of the milk, and it was like it like kind of yeah. satiated everything for me. Well, this time I did it with, but I was but it was pretty high in calories still, even though right. it was hitting everything. That's that whole milk, yeah. Yeah, and so I switched to this, and it like cut the calories oh, in yeah. half. It's like ninety calories for that that twelve ounces when normally you're going to get what 150, 60. 200? Yeah, sixty calories for per, oh, per, per eight 12, ounces, yeah, yeah. per eight ounces, yeah, yeah. 60 calories per 8 ounces on yep. that Carb Master with 11 grams of protein. I know. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I've even, Becky's been using it in coffee and stuff too, just yeah. to get that little extra pop of and, protein. Yep. And I've, I've done the same thing with, and I've said this before, I, I think, but making a protein shake, if you know, one of the easiest ways <clears> to bridge <throat> that gap if somebody's low protein is to mix anywhere from a two to four scoop protein shake and have it gone by the end of the day. Well, if you mix it on the front end of the day and you do enjoy coffee, pour some of that protein shake in your coffee, you've got your, your creamer right there. It tastes like whatever protein powder you've got. So it's yeah. a good way to just start the process. I was impressed. I have to good. say, I'm, so good. I'm impressed with the Carb Master. I'm probably going to stick with the Carb Master. It's made it way easier. Like, so I wanted to be really crappy the other day, mm-hmm. and I'm not on the mic level. I didn't eat an entire <laughs> box of cereal, <laughs> or but, two or th- or two or three right. at a yeah. sitting. Um, but I have Life cereal, which I really enjoy. Life, Life is cereal, delightful. Yeah, yeah. And I did three cups of cereal. Nice. With, I think, 12, 10 or 12 ounces of milk, something like that. Yeah. And because it was that, it was only like 100 calories of milk that yeah. went into it, it was like five, 600 calories for that huge bowl of cereal. Yeah. And, and if, I had, if that satisfies you, then you're golden. <clears throat> and I still had 
protein in it because of the milk. There was a pretty high jump of protein right. in it. It was almost 20 grams of protein. And I, and I was able to have a bowl, big bowl of cereal and be good. And felt like I was like, hey, I got my cereal back in. Yeah. Because if I was doing that with whole milk, it was like seven, eight hundred calories. I know it, it bumps and it, it up just quick, and it really hard and, to fit anything else in yeah, the rest. And of the I day. love whole milk. Don't yeah, get me, me wrong, too. I do love whole milk. But if you can still enjoy it and cut some of those calories out, that's kind of what it's about right now. And and yep, people have to bear in mind too that going through like a lengthy weight loss phase, it's temporary. So when that's done and you get to bump up to maintenance calories, you can start to fit stuff like that in you. So this is not your, your forever living where all of your decisions should be closer to the lower calorie range. It, it does open back up. So question, when I'm – so in that thought process, mm-hmm. just out of curiosity and because this is something that I've kind of thought about but I never actually brought it up and I'm sure other people have thought that too. I'm eating at a deficit right. at 2,300. What would be maintenance? Maintenance is a, a good – assumption is going to be about 500 calories above where you're at for fat loss. Because 500 calories is... Really? Yeah, wow. 500 calorie deficit a day is one pound of fat loss per week. You're going faster than that. So your actual maintenance, especially when you're in better shape, have added a little bit more muscle to it and are enjoying it in an active lifestyle, could be anywhere from 2,700 to 3,000 calories on any given no day. No way. Yeah, to maintain, my guy. Because I don't even feel like I'm... Like, I need that. No. There's days now where I'm at, like, 16, 1,800 calories for the day, and I'm right. like... I mean, part of that is because of my busy schedule. I'm not going to lie. Right. Um. So, in the mornings, there's some mornings where I... There's some nights where we have late nights. Right. And then I have early mornings. And so, if I'm getting home at midnight, and by the time I get home, I'm in bed, I'm exhausted because I had a long day, and then I have to leave by 9.30 the next morning, which doesn't sound like a ton, but... Oh, it's, it's a lot. By the time it I get up. myself to sleep, I'm yeah. also... It's like three o'clock by the time I'm going to bed. Right. I'm not trying to be up by like seven, eight o'clock. I'm on like I'm averaging like five hours of sleep, and then I'm out the door. Well, I don't get up early enough to eat before I leave. Yeah. Really. I'm just grabbing a protein bar on the way out, and then I'll have two gigs in a row, with basically like an hour and a half in between, and that's including like driving where I gotta go. So I don't have time to stop and right. really eat anything. So I eat another protein bar. So I've eaten four hundred calories in protein bars, <laughs> and then I eat a meal. Yeah, and I eat eleven hundred calorie meal, but that still puts me at fifteen hundred calories for right. the day. I mean, eleven hundred calorie meal is a pretty big meal. It is. Yeah, it is. And so, like at that point, that's where those those shake the 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 milk with the protein. Right. Where I've been ending the day with that drink because I I also have just eaten eleven twelve hundred calories and feel like I don't really want to. No, it, it's more tough food to throw more on there, and so the yeah. the liquid is is just easier to put in at that. point. Yeah. And so I end up at like 16 to 18 sometimes, and I'm like, I don't really want anything else. And it's fine to do a very low-calorie day like that every once in a while. If you were doing those every day, you would find that you'd have more cravings, and you'd be lower energy, and testosterone would start to drop, and metabolism as well. Like That, that stuff comes from that crash dieting over a long period of time. Um, so I've so, also noticed that when I do that, if uh-huh. I do that, I'll have... Other day, so I've essentially unintentionally. I don't know if I should be doing this or not, but I've had like one of those really low days a week. I yep. feel like, and I've had an excessive day a week. So okay. they almost cancel each other. They do throughout the week. Yep. But I then have like that really low day where I'm just like content, and I didn't really get to eat a whole lot that day. But that oh well, that was that day. Right. And then I have another day where I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna have four or five beers today i'm gonna eat this <laughs> chicken and waffles and yeah. then, you know what i mean like whatever and i'll go over and hit about three thousand calories in right. a day but again and, like you said it, it evens out which is why you're still able to stay on track and that's why it, it, it more comes down to the weekly calorie deficit as opposed to the daily daily is important but the weekly yeah. is the most important because it allows you that flexibility to recover from a, a high calorie day and even a low calorie day at that point yeah, and the, for me, they also those the gluttonous three cal- three thousand calorie days for me just allows me to feel like I'm just they're fun. Forget it. They're just fun. giving it up. Yeah, and in, that's life. It is like it's gonna happen. I'm not. I refuse. If this is the lightest that I ever get, because I've lost again twenty one pounds yeah. at this point. I started at two forty six. I'm at two twenty five, and if this is the lightest that I get, I still feel better than I did. Right. Right. Like I'm still at a better place. In fact, one of the things I want to talk to you about it, to you today is the whole mental side that I'm 
this is a struggle and something maybe you can touch okay. on a little bit. I don't know if it's a... I'll just tell you what it is. It's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing that I'm going <laughs> through mentally is I say how I can move around better with my kids and this and that. Right. But I still find myself feeling like I'm still 246 pounds. Like, they drop something and I'm like, oh, go to bend over to get it. I'm like, oh, wait, no, I can, I can just yeah. lean over and pick that up. Okay. Like... They, my son wanted me to carry him. I'm like, dude, I just, I don't want to carry I'm like, fine. And then I carry him. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this isn't as bad as it was before. Which I just find myself numerous times that there's something that like, I'm not used to this body. Right. Yet. Right. And it, I don't know if there's a men, I don't know what to do with that. It, it is mental. It's habit. And it's programming. Yeah. Because just like anything else, getting into a new lifestyle, you've spent how many years living your life this way? And in all honesty, you want to, to look at it for how it is. You've been living as a 40-year-old, well, for this year anyways, but your body was you know, aged closer to 50 at that point because of what you put on it and, and letting it become detrained and not taking care of it. Yeah. Now you're literally, literally rewinding the clock. So how do you break that though? By, by continuing to do what you're doing. And and just like you do with any other mindset exercises, and you talked, we talked a, a couple episodes ago about how, you know, when you're running, it's not saying that you can't do this, or, or I forget how you phrased it, but it's it's that positive oh, yeah, yeah, outlook yeah. And, and habit form. Don't stop, say right. keep going. So yeah. the next time you have to go pick something else up, actively own the decision ahead of time as opposed to letting it surprise you with how good you feel. Own how good you feel on a regular basis. Take stock when you wake up in the morning about how much more energetic you are, about how easy it is to, to hop up and move around and, and get things done. The more you start to adopt that mindset, the timeline is going to be different for everybody. But the more you really, really start to own that mindset, the, the faster you're going to change that programming and that habitual thinking that you're going through. Because that's the one thing that I've noticed I'll have days where I'm like lazier because I just feel like that I should be because that's what I was. Like I was just right. tired and I'll snap myself out. I'll try to at least. Right. And some days it works. Some days it doesn't. I have days where I don't do anything and I'm like, oh, I just wasted this whole day not doing anything or messing on my phone because I felt like I couldn't. Right. And so getting my, I could easily see how I could spiral or fall right back into those same the, the same things I was oh, doing yeah. prior. You have and, years of those things. Yeah, and you and could. You could fall right back, back into that. It's going to... The, the difference between the, the people you've seen, at least most of them, obviously I don't know all of them. Yeah. What I do know are that the studies show that when people lose weight via those extreme ways, they put back on more weight than they lost and in half the time it took them to lose it. Legitimate studies showing that. The difference between what you're doing and what a lot of other people have done is you are literally creating a new lifestyle with consistent habits that you were able to build off of and, and repeat over and over and over again. So the likelihood of you falling into that scenario is so low. Yeah. And they'll give you that. It takes a month to form a habit. It doesn't take a month to form a habit. It, it takes you know a few months to do that. And it takes upwards of 18 months to legitimately, legitimately make it a lifestyle. So by you getting coaching for the next year, you're leaps and bounds ahead of it in the habit training, the lifestyle tra- training, the, the knowing what to do when hurdles show up you know, training where other people, they get a hurdle. Now you have decision paralysis because you go Google how to get past this and a hundred different varieties of how to fix this issue come up. Yeah. You don't know which one to choose. So you choose nothing. Information overload. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So that's, that's just not where you're at. And it's, it's one, it's a fear you don't need to have at least for the next year because you've got me. Um, so that's just one negative. Unless you kill yourself in Sedona. Right. Yeah. Which we've decided. I'm getting better and better off of that. Okay, good. Yeah. One can hope. We'll see. Now, I might get there and forget all about this. Be like, ah, I could totally do this fast. <laughs> I got this. I mean, I did it with this, with this yeah. amount of water. I'll do it with less this time. <laughs> ah, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> so you're you're going to be fine. And, and you're such a positive person. Letting those intrusive negative thoughts come in about where you may be past a year from now, it's kind of productive. You're literally killing it. So it's it's better to even to focus on the day-to-day fluctuations and, and anxiety that pops up and difficult decisions that you have to continue to stack on top of each other to keep moving forward, which you are doing. You are doing. Which I just thought about this because you said it usually people in half the amount of time gain that weight back. Mm-hmm. I have lost the weight that I had gained in half the time. 
Because in four months, I had gained 22 pounds. Right. And we are 10 weeks in, which is roughly two and a half Mm -hmm. months. And I've lost that weight back. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a win. I'll take that as a win. Huge win. And you're still going. We haven't had to do anything at all extreme with you. We haven't had to put you on a diet break to kind of reset the metabolism a little bit. We haven't had to bump calories back up to, to curb cravings or low energy or, you know, it's just... It's been pretty easy for you thus far on the science aspect of things. I'm not saying every day is easy, obviously. Yeah, no, I don't you know. get what you're saying. Right. Yeah, yeah. There hasn't been, yeah, just like, I don't know why I'm going to quit, quit to this, but I'm going to. <laughs> My apologies to the female species in general. Just like what I've heard people about pregnancies, when people have right. easy pregnancies, that doesn't mean that they were no. easy. Pregnant, no. Being pregnant is hard. Yeah. For most people, this general, means they didn't have as many of the negative issues, stereotypical yes. side effects that that could. Please come don't along get mad at me because I equated it. To oh something God, I know no. nothing we about. are stupid just... men and we can never understand. We're just doing the best we can. Yes, yes, we love you all. <laughs> so, yes, it is getting. It is easy in that terms. I've really focused on. I really just having that number for me yeah. of the calorie count yep. uh, accounting for has really just changed my mentality on eating in general Yeah, where I'm, I'll look at food and be like, I really like, cause I would eat to just eat at that point. Right. Now I'm like, I don't really need to eat it's, this. It's, that's, that's such a positive thing that's coming out of this because of how you're looking at it. And it's such yeah. a negative connotation still put out there about accounting for calories because, oh, look, really? You're enjoying your life? You just said no to this or, or that or, well, yeah. yeah. You can't eat all the damn food in the world. You're going to be overweight. You're going to be unhealthy and you're not going to actually be enjoying your life by not accounting for calories and learning what you're doing for your body and what your body needs. I've kind of thought, thought of it the other day I was thinking about that about because we talk about that all the time about how it's the accounting for calories not the counting it's kind of the same thing as money it's a hundred percent the same thing as money yeah but we're it's, like it's about budgeting you can't and, go yep. and spend every dollar you have today you would have a blast right and that would be awesome for one day and then you'd be screwed right because you wouldn't be able to pay your mortgage or your rent or your car payment yeah. or whatever. And on the opposite side of that, looking precisely as, as having too many calories, you could also put away all of your damn money. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. You're going to so, be miserable. Yeah, it, it, it does come down to, to budgeting. It yeah. really, really does. So, uh, yeah, to me, that that's the, mentali- the mental switch for me that I was thinking about. I was like equating it to just give myself the like, it's not really that big of a difference from everything else we do in life. Right. And we, we budget everything. Right. You budget time you spend with people. Yeah. You budget your time in general. You have to budget because you can't overdo it all in one location of this. And like, yes, we'd all love to sit on the beach all day, but yeah. that doesn't pay the bills. It doesn't. It so, doesn't. And, and budgeting in this aspect is less about putting you on the cover of a magazine or people in general. And like a lot of people like to look at it or you're counting calories because you just want to look good. It that's an added bonus, but bonus. you're, you're, you're accounting for calories for your health. We've, we've discussed this intuitive thing about, well, intuitive eating, it gets pushed as well. Intuitive eating is an end goal. It's not the starting point. You have to learn first how to give your body what it needs to maximize your health. And you know, guess what? The added bonus to maximizing your health and accounting for calories is you are going to look and feel better. And I feel like with that intuitive eating, you're overcoming a lot of misnomers that you've learned throughout the years oh like yeah what is healthy eating because right. that i could not believe i mean we've covered this to death but i still could not believe when we started this what how calorie yeah. dense some stuff was just like i had that breakfast this morning and to me that that's a healthy good breakfast absolutely and i still cut back on the cheese that i used to mm-hmm. use i've cut back on the amount of sausage that i would have in it or right. this because I could have easily made an omelet. Yeah. That was a thousand calories. So easy to do. So easily and not thought about it being that bad. Right. Thought and the I most important thing good. too about you cutting it out, it's not a negative variety of cutting out. You're still enjoying your meal, but you're also enjoying the added bonus of looking and feeling better. And I'm eating too. And I also am enjoying the added bonus of not feeling like a grotesque pig who just devoured <laughs> An entire, you know, yeah, you're less sluggish. You, your meals are actually going to energize you at this point than make you want to just go to bed and be inactive, which yeah. is a huge thing too. So people thinking they can just jump into intuitive eating, well, intuitively, 
the, the principle behind it is that listen to your body's hunger signals and listen to it telling you what you need to eat. Well, if you're eating hyperpalatable, easy to find, inexpensive food that is calorie dense and is not signaling your body that, oh, you're full now, let's stop. How can you be intuitive about it when you're getting the wrong damn signals? I mean, like I said, we are 10 weeks in. This is episode, oh no, we are 12, 11 weeks in. Mm-mm. If it's episode 11, but the first one week. started before we, <gasps> you're right, we skipped a week. We're going to have to run the numbers we're on this We're going to have to figure this out. But anyway, so it's, we're 11 weeks in. So we're actually right on any of the episodes now. So we're 11 weeks in. Um, but it's taken me and I, this long to feel like I can do a little bit of the intuitive stuff. And by that, right. I mean, not, not every single thing that I've shoved in my mouth have I, have I put into right. my, my tracker. But I also know that this isn't going to kill me and this is like, Maybe 100 calories, maybe 200 calories, right. but it's not going to crush it. You've been like, consistent consistent enough for that to not be an issue. Yes. And I know that, okay, well, if I'm, I was 100 short yesterday or 200 short yesterday, so like this isn't going to crush my week. So I'm, I'm good. Right. And <clears throat> I've also been trying to be more, act, oh, excuse me, more active with my children. Oh, good. Like things that I would have not done because I was like, oh, I'm going to be so exhausted or this and that. I was like, let me let me try this. Yeah. Let me go. Yesterday we busted out. We bought this thing from Sam's Club. It's a inflatable, but it's I probably saw it in my dry, out in the yard when you uh, walked I missed by. that. Um, because it's not inflated currently. It's laying that's flat. that's yes, what it was. I don't notice flat things. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, you're too tall for that. You saw <laughs> right over. So it was a water slide, an inflatable water nice. slide. Nice. Those are fun. Yeah. At the bottom and. We got home yesterday from our we had brunch, and I was gonna just say that it's time for bed. Let's go, or it's let's take it easy inside because we already were active today. Right. We we're out and about, and I went no. Let me. I'm gonna whip this thing out. We just we bought it back in February. To, yesterday was a beautiful day, so I was like, let's have some fun with the kids. And I busted it out and let the kids run around. I, I was love out it. There running with I love doing it. stuff with them, and I'm so grateful that I did. And I didn't feel. I mean, I was still tired, obviously. Of course, like but it was a good kind of but tired by that point. I wasn't exhausted, right. tired, like I felt like I couldn't function, right. which is where I was getting when this all started. And that's, to me, what the change needed Those to are wins. That's my guy, like change. Yeah, being able to see all those stacked wins and not just look at it from a, a physique standpoint or a scale standpoint, even though that stuff is coming, is what makes the journey that much easier to to stay the course on it, and it really makes is those hard decisions capable for me that's what makes me capable of making those hard decisions right. because it is hard like talked about it last yeah. week it's hard like changing your mentality is hard yes, on it is. anything i mean that's why people stay in relationships they hate right and stay in scenarios that they can't stand because it's easier than trying to change it correct and changing your mentality it is super hard to change your brain. But man, but it's, it's worth so it. good on the other it's side. It's worth I'm it. I'm not even on the other side. I'm slowly tracking to the other side. Yeah. I still have a long way to go. The I mean, if we the goal weight that I I, I say I, I'm using quotations here for my goal right. weight because I kind of just picked the number. Which again is fine. That that number is going to change throughout your journey. Yeah, it may be more or less, I'm not sure. But I'd originally said 185 is what I'd love yeah. to get to. And I'm 45 pounds away from that. Right. So I still have a good chunk to get there, but I'm 21 closer. Yeah. That's a in less than three months. Big chunk. So hopefully we're going to maintain and we're going to keep going that route. Um, but on the process, there's different pieces of this now that are still just hard. And one of those things that's still been hard for me, Mike, and I can't seem to shake it is going to the gym. Okay. I'm still having anxiety occasionally, which I'm not an anxiety person. No, like I you're said, really not. I'm not at yeah. all. And I like even today, I was going to go because we were we are recording a little bit later than we normally do right. on Monday. So I was like, oh, I normally been working out on Tuesday, but let me. Yesterday, this is what I was thinking. I'm going to get up, take my kid to school, and I'm going to get to the gym. I was like, perfect. This will be great. And then I didn't want to go. <laughs> This morning I was like, I should go, but I, oh, but 
oh, I just washed my pants. Yep. Are, and then they're in the dryer. No, you can just dryer, get in tomorrow. And I'm going to have to go get a dryer. It's all the way in the other room. I'm also just not ready for the anxiety right now. That's yeah. something for future Victor to I'll, worry about. Yeah, totally. Right. I was like, right. I just don't want to get in there and get back on. And I'm not going to lie. So this workout also, there's a move in this uh-huh. workout that geeks me out and I haven't done it yet. Really? I Just seeing the video, I was like, I don't want. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't know why. What move? It's the last one in the in the one workout. I don't remember if it's this one or the other, but it's the. I don't even remember the name of it. The but straight arm pull down. No, where you're going back, lifting the weights up. I'm like floating. Oh, yeah, like yeah, I have yeah. to hang my body over the edge of something. The, the Y raises. Oh, y yeah, raises. for shoulders. Yep. Yeah. The first time I was like, a little, I had some anxiety about doing this move. Yeah. I was like, this just look, I can't, I don't know why, but I, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm not feeling it. And then I was like, all right, I'm just going to go do it. Yeah. And there was somebody on it, on the. Of course there was. What, what is, I don't even know what that's going to trap. That's that? the, uh, the, uh, back extension machine. Is that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just hook your, your legs in and yeah. it's like a pad that's on your like thighs essentially. Yep. You're kind of leaning forward at a 45 degree angle, locked into it. So it allows you to kind of bend at the waist. Yeah. Yep. And then you just kind of lift everything up backwards. It's like doing a backwards In, in a Y with your arms. Yeah. 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 It's like a, yeah. And I I didn't want to do it. And I could, <laughs> I, so I'm supposed to have done it twice and I didn't do it once. You yet. can also adjust that, skip the machine and just bend over at a 45 degree angle standing in front of the mirror. And you can still mimic that exercise at that point. Oh, okay. I don't know why that feels better. I don't know why. <laughs> that's all right. Being yeah. on the machine or not, but. You're just not up for suspending yourself on a machine right now. And I that's all right. I just don't understand though the things like in the gym that make me feel awkward. And I'm, and I don't know how to overcome it sometimes. You just. And again, it, it's I, I love that we're kind of discussing the mentality of everything right now. That's that's a big mental hurdle for you. Now, whether or not it's the fear of, of being able to lift the weight that you're going to have to go into, because you literally are going for a PR, a personal record, every time you go in. You're either looking to increase weight, increase reps, and looking to get better every time you go in. So for me, that's that's always been my kind of anxiety or adrenaline spike when I'm getting ready to lift. Very, very heavy, and I'm like, I, I really, I really want to make this lift because that is improvement. Um, for you, it, it's still... It, it, it's been less than three months and that seems like a long time. You've made some great leaps and bounds, but you now have, uh, over the last couple of weeks, a new workout set up. Mm-hmm. Um, things have changed. It's, and we Which don't we always do well with change. Time. We yeah. didn't go over it completely in depth. So we had briefly mentioned that my workout block was yep. an eight, eight week block. Right. So I did the same workouts, same two workouts. Looking for, to improve on each workout. For but eight weeks. Yes. Yep. That's, yes. that's how the body adapts. Same best. moves. Uh, Correct. It's the same moves for eight weeks, but the the rep and weight load kind of changed based on how right. I felt for each one. And now we're in another one, so it's a whole new set. We're in a, of, a brand new training block, yeah. so it's it's kind of adds an element of newness to it. While we still focus on the main compound moves, because that's what I want you to progress on lifelong, because they're they're very functional moves. And, it, and they hit the whole body. But adding in different accessory work and uh, targeting musculature with different rep ranges and volume is just a different way of, of really forcing the body to adapt. I've also noticed it's way different using, because I'm doing the bench with dumbbells yep. as opposed to the bar. Way different. Yeah. <laughs> so different. Like just... What I'm doing with the bar, I feel pretty steady and like it's not right. as with the dumbbells. I'm like, I can't, what the heck you is going on? You have to really bring in stabilizers. Yeah, it's yet. really. It, it takes a week or two for those to really engage and you'll find you're getting steadier and steadier as you go. But you're also going to find when we transition, if you, you're pushing, because like I said too, this, this last couple of weeks, you've really been focusing on pushing closer to that failure mark, which is brand new. And that's what you need to do to make every set of exercise you do a quality set. But by throwing the dumbbells in there and getting stronger and increasing stabilizer muscles, you're going to find that when we put you back on bench, you're going to be stronger. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's, it, I couldn't believe the difference because I was like, oh, well, I was benching about this. And I was like, well, I know it's a little bit different with dumbbells, <laughs> but it's like way Quite different. Quite a bit different. Yep. Yeah. I'm doing yep. way less weight with you, dumbbells. You also, if you realize it, the, your chest stops the bar on the way down. Yes. So when you have dumbbells... Your chest isn't stopping it. You have more range of motion. So now we're tapping into a a slight extra bit of range of motion that you're not used to in the the major stretch point of the the muscle, which is it's going to be weaker on that stretch 
uh, on the end ranges of, of the musculature. You're going to find you're going to get that the most powerful contraction is going to be about midway through any kind of muscle's range of motion. So go into then the outsides of that. Why are curved? To out- allow ease of grip, basically. So if your wrists aren't fully you know, externally rotated, it's a little more comfortable to have them in at almost like a 45-degree angle. That's it. I was like, why wouldn't they do not? A, not I mean, why, why did the bench press bar would not be? Why don't they have a big bend? Oh, in I see it what you're saying. Cover it for your chest, so you can get all that range of motion. Because that that well, yeah, I guess they just nobody's really kind of thought about that. I guess. There's the idea, Mike. <laughs> but then you get somebody who's in competition. They don't want that extra range of motion. They're looking to to. That's no, why you, but I'm you saying, see those but to work out like for personal stuff. Like I right. feel like that would make more sense. You'd get that little bit of extra range. You're, of you're motion. right, and that's something we can invent. I don't know why you put that out over the air. Um, oh man! We'll have to edit this out, maybe. This <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, they're they're Olympic bars. They're all built off of those Olympic lifts, and I, I'm I'm assuming that's why they don't have that out for right now because people in competition are looking to take out as much range of motion as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you have those huge arches in the back and and looking to really limit that range of motion. But you're right that that could increase that that stretch reflex on the muscle, which has also been shown to increase hypertrophy or muscle growth. The more stretch you you get in a muscle while working it res, with resistance training, the more stimulus you get for muscle growth. You know, science, right. science and shit. Science. So I still don't, I just don't understand the my anxiety with the gym just in general. It's it's just your your mental hurdle right now, and they're they're. I think I'm still working on the idea of just going to the gym. Where like how you just said, I, one of your goals when you go to the gym is I'm this is my new bet personal yeah. best. I don't focus on that at all. Okay. When I'm in there, I'm not really like I want to see who I can do better. Yeah. I'm just like I want to work today. I want to work out so right. I can make sure I continue to maintain health and I keep doing this. So it is really nice though in the Trainerize app when I'm done with my workout and I hit finish. You see that you and it says ten something. personal bests. Yep. And I was like, hell yeah, I got hell ten yeah. personal right. bests. So maybe yeah. that's the mindset we change initially. Maybe. Even if you pick one exercise, the top one is usually your your main one that I want you to really increase strength on. Focus on that. Like that is your goal when you walk into the gym because that we're we're not maintaining health here. We're increasing health. Yeah. So any kind of gains and whether or not a set just feels lighter than it did last week, that's a win. You get an extra rep, that's a win. If you increase your weight by five pounds, that's a win. So if you can get one win out of any given day, you've literally won that workout. I still got a... So then my right knee is still kind of an issue. Maybe that's part of what the issue is with... Is because like the deadlift and the squats... The other day I... I said that on the deadlift or the squat. I up my weight kind of a pretty big chunk. I know that yeah. my weight can go a lot. And I know I'm not supposed to do this, but, you know, I'm an idiot guy too. <laughs> and it wasn't even like I really just wanted to be like, how much weight can I do? Yeah. I just wanted you to were be curious. like, can I, yeah. can this knee handle? And I did a little bit more and my knee just did not feel right. right. It hasn't really felt right since I cut the weight back down. And my, my right knee just doesn't feel right. And I'm just really worried about, I'm going to do one of these squats or I'm going to do a deadlift and just going to pop and it's just right. going to go. And I'm just stressing that the, part. So the likelihood of that happening is very, very low if you give yourself time to really go through those lifts. So jumping to a, a much higher weight. Um, it's stupid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, okay. the stupidest hike in the Grand Canyon without yeah. any prep. So, not judging. <laughs> I, I get it. I get the mentality. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, you you are capable of lifting those heavier loads. You you just are. The problem is your musculature, your connective tissue, your joint alignment is not ready for that weight yet to do it at the healthiest long range. You know. Um, ability. So we want you to be healthy long term. So building up that connective tissue and, and keeping you less injury prone is more important than seeing how much weight you can lift now. So it's important that you know you you can lift that weight. If you're feeling you can lift it, you, you probably can. But it's not about lifting as much as you can now. Weight-wise, it's about lifting as much as you can within the rep ranges and, and weight that we've already given you. And I was able to do it within the rep range. Right. In that heavier load. And right. so that's where I was like, uh, I, uh, it's frustrating that it's an injury and that my right. knee is not feeling right because I'm like, I feel like I could be getting more returns right. by doing this extra little bit of what I mean, I say a little bit of I think I added 15 or 20 pounds yeah. more than what I had originally done. So it wasn't a ton. I know you said it's to keep them about five pound max. 
five to ten pounds. Ten pounds for for deadlift and or squats, and and five pounds for upper body is is a good standard. If you're able to be more patient and just do the five pounds, you're gonna you're gonna be able to increase strength longer and plateau much further out than than if you just keep making big jumps. Then you plateau, and then we got to get weird with it. Yeah, let's not go weird. I don't need to get weird. You're not ready for that. I just need to. (laughs) No, I'm not. And I feel like I haven't. I don't know. I feel like it hasn't. We talk about this. That hasn't. You just said how it's been pretty easy. It's been smooth. And I feel like I'm cheating because it's not been like <laughs> as much of a struggle as I thought it was going right, to be. Right. It's still a struggle. It is still hard. And I really cannot pound that home enough. I've talked about that last week. It is hard. There's a lot of choices. Of course. And it's, we we talked this right before we went on. Nate, we started recording. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, guys. I real phlegmy apparently. Um, is the stacking of choices, of good choices. Oh, yeah. And I've, I've said this in the last episode, that you have to stack all these positive choices to get changed, to get to where you want to be, and a bad choice could tear all of it down. Right. But not only is it stacking all those choices, it's that mental thing of continuously having to make Absolutely. the right choice. Having the, That's a grind. It, it and is. And that is a mental is. grind and, and wear. I mean, yeah, we're getting multiple hiking analogies here. But <laughs> <laughs> it does. To, to get success and rechange mindset and, and body it is these consistent steps uphill and you just keep moving and things do get easier you get better trained you eventually get to the top of the hill you eventually get to maintain and, and figure out which hill you want to tackle next yeah um and you got to be careful about looking at at one fall kind of tearing everything down because now you know some people are going to you're not taking this away because i know you but some yeah, people yeah, are going to yeah. take that like oh shit I, I did mess up i guess it's i guess it's over now no but, yeah that's that's but with the hiking point. analogy I mean. you you do trip and fall or mess something up it's way easier to roll downhill and gain momentum than it is to continue moving forward i guess what i meant though with the one thing you can tear it down is it you fall further from one mistake then you rise up from one good positive That's choice. a phenomenal way to put that. That's Absolutely. more of what I mean. Absolutely. I can tear it all down. Is right. One, one mistake can make you fall further than right. one positive choice can make. So you have to continually stack the positive choices to get somewhere. Yeah, because those, those yeah. mistakes are generally you taking the easier way out. Which I'm not, going, I don't even know if, now that we're saying it, I don't even know if I like using the word mistake. One... Uh, worst choice i don't know like because there's this there are a, a variety of ways much, yeah. to to spin that but yeah. it's whether it's it's letting you know friends talk you out for multiple days in a row of you going off program or when they're not on a program so it's very easy to be done there or mm-hmm. you know you continually eating out because you're exhausted and it's hard to make that right choice over and over and over again and, and it is difficult if it was easy everybody would be walking around with the body of their dreams and maximized health but it, it does take that kind of consistency. And it's way easier to develop those worse, lazier, easier, accessible food option choices. And those just snowball down all the way down that, that hill you were just climbing yeah. up. Well, keep stacking those positive choices, guys. Damn right. We are going to continue talking about the ways that help you and hopefully things that are relatable. I feel like I, I'm trying really hard to... Talk about this in as much openness as I possibly can because this is my this is literally my life. This yeah. is literally yeah. my life's journey that I'm currently on. I'm thrilled with the results that I'm at, and that really helps in it the does. mental side. Is seeing the results, I it, know it's stacking the wins. We've talked about that too about being tied to what the weight, what the scale says. But I've been ingrained my entire life that the number on the scale matters. Most of us have. Yep. And so seeing that number decreasing is definitely when, especially when I feel like, as we were talking about mistakes, like I've just made a mistake. I had a rough weekend. Yeah. I'm not even a rough weekend, but like I said, I had family in town and I ate An off track myself. weekend. I went drinking yeah. the one night. I had beer, the sangria yesterday with the chicken and waffles, with the fried chicken and still lost weight this yeah. week. So yeah. I think a lot of that personally was counter, was offset by the fact that I try to amp my, my, my activity daily. Right, which again, that's that's really focusing on that step goal we we provided you and finding fun ways to I get the activity closer out. To it this you week did. That I have. You definitely did, and that's that's a mindset change too. By playing with your kids, you're automatically increasing that. Yes. By yes, choosing to go run errands when usually you'd put them off because you know what? I got to get steps for the day. 
I'm going to go shopping for groceries or run that errand for home project or whatever the case may be. It, it becomes, or hell, even mow the lawn. So all your errands become I less. I somebody for that. Dude. <laughs> I'm, good. Good. I'm good, thanks. All right, well, not that one for you. But errands become less of a chore when you know it's literally increasing your health because you have that goal set at that point. Yeah. I've done, I've tried to do little things like park a little further away good. from where I'm at. Yeah. Like, or even from my kids, I want them to be able to walk and do some Absolutely. of that stuff too. Um, the other side of it for me was I'm on the phone a lot. I make a lot of phone calls with booking people yeah. and talking and stuff. So pacing while I'm on the phone, I'll throw Absolutely. my headphones in and just pace back and forth and back and forth while I'm talking. It adds up. add 30 steps, but it added it 30 steps. Yep. So. Guys, keep making good choices. We will be here again next week to talk about more stuff. If you have any questions, again, hit us up on our Facebook page, Finding My Fit at 40. You can contact Mike over here at Body by the Bear on Instagram and I'm on Facebook, me. correct? Yep. I know I say no, it every week. It's but Michael Bearsky on Facebook. Michael Bearsky yeah. on Facebook. Body by the Bear on Instagram. Correct. Hit him up. Uh, tease him about going out into the Please wilderness do. with just a small bottle of water. I'm I have this image it. of you in a skin tight uh, tank like you normally wear <laughs> and like these skimpy shorts and like a bottle of water, a bag in one hand and a Gatorade and a bottle of water in a bag. Well, I went shirtless pretty quick. You, so. Yeah. I did yeah. have the tank Did you skip though. at all? I feel like you skipped a little bit. Uh, I felt I mean, a little skippy on the way down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been the momentum. Yeah, I don't know. Could have been. I don't know. I'm not sure what happened <laughs> We love you guys. Thank you so much for uh, spending your time to uh, listen to another episode. And we will catch you next week. Brush your teeth, America.